The Guardian. In 1999, a little-known 27-year-old screenwriter, director and producer released her first feature-length film, The Virgin Suicides. Based on a best-selling book by writer Jeffrey Eugenides, Sophia Coppola found that she was drawn to the story both by personal tragedy and her own not-too-distant adolescence. When I was in my mid-twenties, I came across the book of The Virgin Suicides, written by Jeffrey Eugenides. A friend had recommended it, and I remember seeing the cover, and it was just this blonde hair, and I read it, and it, I just, I loved the book. I loved his writing. I felt like he really understood that experience of being a teenager, and the the longing, and the melancholy, and the, the mystery between the boys and girls, and I felt in the story I could, you know, be in touch with that, and express that, and look at all the great fun of being a teenager and then the, all the very hard parts of that, and I could really connect with it. When I read it, I just, I saw in my mind how, uh, you know, I just visualized it, and I, I heard that some guy was making a film of it, and it was going to be very dark, and, and I thought, oh, I hope they do it this way. I hope they, you know, I had a whole idea in my mind of what it should look like and what it should feel like and sound like and that's what really motivated me to start trying to write a script was because I loved the story and I wanted to protect it and I really had these images in my head of how I thought it could be told visually. I grew up with a lot of men, all my cousins and brothers, it was like me and nine boys and my dad being a macho filmmaker and his friends were of that ilk so I think I really clung to you know femininity and this kind of girly aesthetic just growing up in such a around so many guys I guess and yeah and also because I was in my 20s the idea of high school was not so far away and I, I loved the the mystery between girls and boys that was at the heart of the story and how the boys were so confused by them and the story is a memory and it's told from the boys point of view but um, I felt like I was really able to, you know, build this mysterious girl's world that something that I connected to and understood and all that kind of lazing around your high school bedroom. And I didn't feel like I saw that very much in films in a way that I could relate to. It's always mysterious why you're drawn to something. You just, you, you know, you, you just can't ignore it because it keeps kind of pestering you. So I felt really compelled to try to express that story. It was just what I was drawn to. I never thought I would be a filmmaker. It didn't, wasn't something I ever planned to do. I was always on set and I love being on set and that's how I learned how to do it. But I never, I never planned on it, which seems obvious but it never occurred to me I I was interested as a young in a, at a young age I was really into fashion and clothes and so I always thought I would do something in that in art school I was always frustrated that I couldn't find one medium that I that really clicked for me and I had so many interests I liked design and photography and music and all these different things and I was always annoyed that I couldn't just focus and pick one to really be an expert at and then when I made my short film 
I, I loved it because I could be involved in all these different areas and work with experts in each field and, and work with the cinematographer and work you know, with bands on music. And, and it really brought together all the things I loved in making one story. I do think that each film reminds me of the, the time where I was at that time when I made the film and, and Virgin Suicides. I was, yeah, my late 20s and, and kind of finding my voice and identity. I think it's, I don't know, it's hard because it's so close to me, but I feel like it's really like a celebration of young womanhood and, and the power of that and finding, you know, this, this feminine voice that I grew up with such dominant male voices and that, you know, that this really feminine voice was was also valid. I'm surprised that um, I feel as comfortable directing as I do. It just seems so familiar to me. I can't really imagine not doing this. I've never set out to send a message. I, I just try to, you know, express or convey my point of view or what it's like for this experience and of these girls. And, and, and I've been happy if, you know, if anyone relates to that, which, you know, just, just showing something I haven't seen. I guess my goal is I'd like to make something that, that I would like to see that I, I don't see out there. And a lot of times movies made about teenagers kind of dumbed down with, like, cheap photography. And you don't see a lot of, like, quality art films made for young audiences, which I wanted to you know, treat them with respect and, and look at that that time, which is so, you know, so deep and emotional for, for young people. And it was because it was, you know, close to me because I, I, I was in my 20s, so it wasn't that far away. But it was also personal to me, and I, I didn't realize it until later, but when I was 15, my eldest brother, Gio, died suddenly in a boat accident, and um, and dealing with that loss was connected a lot when I was working on The Virgin Suicides. I didn't realize why I was so drawn to it until until later as I worked on it. But the story is about, about loss also for me personally, and I could put those feelings into my work. I attribute that book to really opening me up to, to be a filmmaker because after that, then I had the bug and then I was able to write a personal original screenplay from that experience. But um, I think I was just, a, I was, you know, <laughs> wandering in my 20s of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and, and trying different things and, um, and that kind of angst of not quite feeling comfortable in your skin yet. And yeah, and it was it was scary directing a film, but I was so connected with the material that I felt like I had to do it. It wasn't a choice. Well, the story is uh, basically this. She took a wonderful novel that was an acclaimed novel that basically no one knew had to adapt. When she read we have a family film company, American Zotrope, so I really had my dad's support. He really encouraged me, and he really talked to me when I was preparing about what he thought was important to prepare, and I learned a lot about that. And he always told me that the most important thing for a movie is the acting and the writing. So I always, you know, knew about focusing on that. So he really mentored me making my first film, and he wasn't there on set um, very much. He came and visited. Congratulations. Good luck. Thank you. 
and it should bring home the bacon. And then it's sort of like having your parents on, on set. He was kind of nervous. He would tell me to say action louder, and so they knew I was in charge. And I was like, Dad, this is this is how I do it. So it was it was you know, it was funny, but it was sweet. I really felt like he really uh, encouraged me and, and answered a lot of my questions, especially in preparing, which is such a big part of the process. I met Kirsten in Toronto. She was 16 when we were casting that film, and she was up there shooting another film. And I just remember I was so struck by her kind of having this bubbly, all-American cheerleader look, but then this depth in her eyes that there was something more knowing and, you know, kind of a wise sadness combined with all her effervescence. So to me, out of all the people I met, she just had a really unique personality and combination. And I remember seeing her in an interview with the vampire, which I was really struck by how um, deep she was in that. So, yeah, I was really happy that she... It was kind of her first sort of grown-up role, not being a kid actress, so it was the first for both of us. And I think she she really trusted me, and I really relied on her. And so we had a, a close working relationship. The whole thing was a challenge. I think, like, our financing falling apart the week before shooting and um, and just being a low-budget production with the yeah, limited resources with film stock and, and kind of cr- and creating a period film with, you know, a low budget. And then working with, you know, really experienced, respected actors like James Woods and Kathleen Turner, who were all very eager to participate. And I, I felt like I really had a great team that helped me. Um, and... I think the hardest part of making a movie, which is still a challenge to me, is the coverage when you it's planning all the camera shots and how they're going to cut together. And like a dinner scene is is very complicated. It's like a math equation to me. And there was a dinner scene in that movie, which now even working on Beguiled, we had a lot of dinner scenes and scenes around a table. And I and I was so stressed about figuring out all the pieces because you can get carried away and do way too many that don't fit together and the eyelines have to match it's really you have to really be focused on whose point of view each shot is so it's to me it's very mathematical and and um on beguiled i was just stressed about it philippe lasord the cinematographer helped me through blocking it out with with still photos and rehearsals and but i thought god i've done this before since virgin suicide it's very similar but for some reason that's always my least favorite part because you have to be logical and mathematical about it I remember the first time we ever showed it to a public audience was in Cannes, and it was such, you know, it was nerve-wracking to have that be the first screening ever. It was the director's fortnight, and yeah, it was 1999. I think I was 29, and um, I was really scared, but I remember a friend told me what Muhammad Ali thought of when he went into the ring, and that he thought, did I did I train as hard as I could? Did I do my best? And, you know, that's all you can do, so... I remember he told me that, and I just focused on, you know, I did my, I did my best, and um, I know I worked as hard as I could and put my heart into it, so that's all you can do. And then we showed it, and the journalists in CAM were really supportive, and I really feel like I owe my beginning of my career to that audience in CAM. It was the first time, you know, to be taken seriously for my work was a, it was a big deal for me. And there's always those kind of moments in life that are kind of magical and perfect, but they never last. And 
and then you go on, but they, they've always left something with you. It was well received in Cannes, but then nobody saw it in America. It got a very dismal release, and a few people saw it, and then it was gone. So it didn't. It didn't really have much of a life in the U.S. So it wasn't really a big launching moment. But it gave me something to show for when I wanted to make my second film. I had something to show in my portfolio, and then I was happy. You know, a couple of years ago, a bunch of teenage girls and young women told me how much they love Virgin Suicides, and I thought, how do they even know about that? They weren't even born then, and through the internet, it, it sort of had a second life. So it's nice to know that it still speaks to some young women. I couldn't see myself making this film now because I'm at such a different stage of my life, and it's not what I'm thinking about. But I definitely, each film built on the next one, and and making my recent film, The Beguiled, was was kind of looking back at some elements of Virgin Suicides. It reminded me of that. It was one of the reasons I was drawn to it. But then, now looking at that from a more mature perspective of you know girls and women at different stages not just this young developing stage but you know older and different aspects and different sides and dealing more with um with their desire and and challenges um of womanhood i guess so i felt like virgin suicides was specific of that stage i was at in my late 20s and and now with beguiled is kind of i think of it as like a bookend it's kind of looking at a similar aspect but from a different perspective, more where I am, you know, at this moment of my life. It's funny to think about after all these years what it means to me now. I mean, to me, it's really I'm I'm nostalgic as it being my my first film, and I it makes me remember being in Toronto with Kirsten and all the all the cast. To me, I just I have you know fond memories of being off on location and making my first film, and that it wasn't a total disaster. I remember my dad telling me that your movie's never as good as the dailies and it's never as terrible as the first rough cut. And um, I remember a pretty devastating moment of seeing the first rough cut and thinking like, oh no, this is terrible. What have I done? I've talked to all these people into letting me make a movie and it's terrible. And then little by little, we pieced it together and made it into a film. I don't know if I would have a film career if it wasn't for the book of the Virgin Suicides. Um, Hopefully I would have figured it out, but I really feel like I owe my career to that story, that that book that, that inspired me to, you know, put all the pieces together to figure out how to make a film. And um, yeah, I'm grateful to, to Eugenides in that book for motivating me to make, to take the challenge and, and risk, you know, scary to, to take that on. And, and I, um, yeah, I'm really grateful to that book to, I feel like it made me a filmmaker. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.